Hey everybody, this is Greg. And this is Matt, and this is Record Mashup. We're excited to be here with episode six today. Our theme is airplanes. And before we jump into it, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button or follow us wherever you listen, whether it's on Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever. Be sure to hit subscribe. And if you have any questions, uh, leave us a comment or send us an email at recordmashup at gmail.com. So with that, Greg, what, what song you got lined up this week? So I have Airplanes by B.O.B., Bobby Ray. This episode, we'll be talking to Airplanes Part 1, so the original, just him and Haley Williams, not the one that includes Eminem in it. Matt, what do you got for us? We're going to talk about Jet Airliner by the Steve Miller Band. So why don't we go ahead and uh, jump into that, that song first, and then, uh, then we'll switch, pivot over to talk about Airplanes, and uh, we'll talk about the two together. Sounds good, Matt. Perfect. So Jet Airliner was written originally by a guy named by the, by the name of Paul Rena. He wrote the song in 1973. It's Paul Pina. Ah, Pina. Sorry. I must have had a typo in my notes here. Yeah. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Yeah, so, so uh, Paul wrote the song in 1973. And the Steve Miller Band recorded it in 1975, but they didn't release it until April of 77 on their Book of Dreams album. And it should be noted, Pina did eventually release the song on an album of his own in 2000, which was called, the album was called New Train. But, he, but the Steve Miller Band was really the first to record and release it as a song. And it's a pretty catchy song. Most of the time when it, when it is played on the radio, it's actually combined with a, a song that comes right before it on the album that has this really cool kind of synthesizer part to it. So if you haven't listened to the song, I recommend listening to uh, the versions that are called the long version because you catch that little intro into it and kind of get the full effect in, of the song and really kind of brings it all together. But Greg, you know, the thing I like about this song, I you know, I... I think back to our first episode we ever did when we were talking about summer and we, we talked about like the nostalgia feelings that we got from those two songs. And when I was listening to this song, actually both songs this week, I had a lot of that happening for me again, because I feel like this song by the Steve Miller band jet airliner is a song that my dad would have been listening to when we were riding around in his truck, you know, with the windows down music, you know, radio blast in. And it just seems like one of those songs that you just want to go joyriding to. <laughs> yeah, I can't say my I had the same feeling for it because I've heard the song before. Um, mm -hmm. My my dad definitely did not listen to this, just joyriding around in the truck or car or anything, you know. So <laughs> didn't get that nostalgia feeling, but, but I could see how – how you can get that from the song. Yeah. So it was, it was kind of cool. And that's, that's what I was thinking about as I was listening to it, but uh, let's dive in a little bit to the lyrics. The entire song really, I think this is one of those songs that I think really anybody could interpret it differently. So, you know, I was looking at some of the websites we like to check out before we record these and, 
everybody kind of generalized the song as it's a crossroads song, which I would agree with. But I think everybody could tailor that to their own personal experiences in life. And so for me, this was, you know, I kept thinking about like going off to college as I listened to this song and that <laughs> point in my life. But I could certainly see how other people could interpret it differently um, based on whatever their own personal life experiences are, whether it's, you know, if someone's joining the military, uh, for example, that that's certainly that is a crossroads. And, and Greg, I don't know if that's how you interpret the song. I know you're in the military, but I, I read online a few people kind of see that as um, within the song. But generally yeah. speaking, it's a song about a crossroads, right? And crossroads and individuals lives and my take on it was really as we get into this first verse it's about you know leaving home and going out on your own and, and you're trying to make it on your own outside your parents outside the, the purview of your parents or whatever home environment you grew up in and this metaphor for trying to to make it in life and it's interesting because we, you know, you go into the chorus and he's talking about how he doesn't want to go too far from home because he'll have to stay wherever he lands. So there's still kind of this desire to, to be rooted and wherever you're coming from. And certainly if you, if you grow up and you've got a close relationship with family, no one wants to be far from family. And I think certainly in this, this global world that we now live in, that's perhaps not the case as much these days and, and families do live further apart and, and thankfully to, to airplanes, that's a little bit more, more feasible these days. But that's, as I listen to the song, that's, that's kind of how the words speak to me. And then when we jump down into the second verse, again, he's talking about how his heart is still at home, but this is something he's got to do. He may not make it on his own, he, you know, or he might make it. And he's got to say goodbye to his friends at home and people he's trusted his whole life. And I love this other line too. He throws in here this line about, you know, you, you've got to go through hell before you get to heaven. And it's this notion that things may be tough in life, especially as you're starting to get out there on your own. I remember, you know, certainly – College is a little bit sheltered, right? But certainly after college and I was out <laughs> living on my own, it was, you know, it's, you're learning how to be an adult and that's, that's rough and things certainly are a little bit tougher before they get easier. That's how I was in, you know, reading this song is that this was about the transition and learning how to adult <laughs> for me at least. But um, yeah, were, were you going to say something, Greg? Yeah. I, I take that second verse is also trying to go out and get your dreams. So between this song and for my song, which I'll get into a little bit later, I, it's reminiscent of episodes, I believe it was three and four for, for our trains and our dreams episode with the trains episode talking about, Hey, going back to a simpler time, kind of reminiscing on the past and the dreams portion which is the second verse to this song looking out sure you have to say goodbye and everything but he's still going out to get his dreams even if he fails he's still going out there try, trying to do it so with his line i might get rich you know i might uh busted but my heart keeps calling me backwards uh kind of talking about he might go out there and fail he might not 
Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, this is really has nothing to do with the interpretation of the song, but since we're on the second verse, I love how he sneaks in here, this reference to the 707, <laughs> which, which of course refers to, to the Boeing 707, which was the first commercially successful jetliner. Yeah. So it's, you know, the song's called Jet Airliner, and he, he just throws this reference in there, you know, centered around this theme of, of airplanes. I just, I like it. It's a nice, nice reference. Pave the way for airliners that we see today. <laughs> yeah, there's the the modern day or the the grandfather, if you will, to a lot of the you know the, the airplanes that we think of as dominating the sky, such as the Boeing seven forty seven or the grandfather uh, clock of airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So moving into the third verse though, and again this this theme kind of carries forward and he talks about how he makes it to a New England town. Not, he never says in the song where he originates from, but in any event, he makes it to, to New England. That's where he's, he's heading. And anyway, he gets there. He says he sees some sketchy shit that he doesn't want to get caught up in, and, and he seeks to avoid that. And, again, it's just kind of this, this idea of, you know, crossroads and transitioning from one point in your life to another. You know, there's going to be bumpy, rocky roads through that process, and, and you're trying to, to take the high ground and, and come out on the other side okay. And I think that that's kind of what he's getting at here. Mm -hmm. The radio version to the song actually changed changed the line, the phrase sketchy shit to uh, the phrase funny kicks uh, in an effort to, to try to clean up the language a little bit. But the original line is sketchy shit. So Yeah, you got to... You gotta make it radio playable. That's right. It was also a different time back then where um, people didn't bleep things out and they changed the lyrics for things instead. Right. So that's my take on the song. As I say, I think everybody probably would would perhaps interpret it slightly different, but but I think in general, it's it's a song of it's about a crossroads. It's about moving from one point in your life to another. And however that fits into your own personal life narrative is is probably how most folks would interpret it. I, I can say I did find in my research on the song that when Pena was was writing the song, his original intent or meaning or reason for writing the song was was more about actually out of anger. And supposedly he was writing multiple songs for whatever record label he was working for. And, and he was being forced to fly from LA to New York to record the song. And he didn't want to do it. He wanted to stay in LA to record it. And as a result of that anger and frustration, the record label was forcing on them. He supposedly wrote this song. But my understanding is that when Steve Miller of the Steve Miller band got a hold of the lyrics, he was given permission to to change it up and change the order. And so the song we hear today is my understanding, what I this article I read, is not the original order of the lyrics in which it was written. So um Gotcha. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. And I, I didn't go and listen to, as I said, Pina um record it. A version of it in 2000 I, I don't know 
if if he recorded the same version that Steve Miller band did, or or if he went with his original lyrics. My guess is probably he he stuck to the Steve Miller version since it was so popular. But I I can't say for certain. Yeah, and I don't know if you looked anything up about the uh, Paul Pena. I did not. That guy had a rough life. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, at twenty he was completely blind. Oh wow. He had suffered from many illnesses, had cancer, just that guy had it rough. So I can see how he would possibly make a little bit of an angry song, being dragged back and forth, things like that. Yeah, I did I did read somewhere where this song really was his only source of income for a decent chunk of his life. Yeah. And as the writer, he obviously held all the royalties to the song. And, you know, I, I made reference to the synthesizer intro to it. That portion of the song was written by Steve Miller. And so this is a little bit sneaky, but in doing that, they both were able to share the royalties, whereas otherwise Pena would have gotten all the royalties from the song. Oh. Um, which is a little bit of a backhanded way of... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if Steve Miller ever listens to this, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no judgment <laughs> but um obviously but anyway. matt's a fan of the song so no judgment yes there. <laughs> great song <laughs> but but anyway i think that's a good segue into into talking about you know how the song performed uh it hit number in the u.s it hit number eight on the billboard hot 100 uh hit number three in canada which was really the the highest charting country uh, for the song, um, it, it charted in top ten in a few other countries, but uh, Canada and U.S. were it were its most successful um, countries, I guess, to 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 chart in. And a lot of folks have said that musically, the intro, that kind of synthesizer portion that I kept referring to, sounds a lot like the song "Crossroads" by Cream. So I'm not I'm not sure if you ever heard that song, Greg, or or any of our listeners if they've. It's, it sounds pretty similar to the intro, but I'll have to check that out after. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. There's not, there's not a lot of rant, you know, there's, you know, some of our previous episodes, we've had a lot of random facts and statistics about songs, but I don't really have much else for this one. Uh, it's a, it's a good song. I really like it. It's very catchy. Um, as I said, it really reminds me of just kind of going joyriding, uh, with my dad and um and just kind of jamming out to the radio but yeah and that's um, the whole purpose just uh listening to music that you find reminiscent or that you can just jam to yeah absolutely so the song definitely did that for you yeah do you uh you want to jump into airplanes by bob yeah sounds good so airplanes is by bob and it features Haley williams of paramore she sings the chorus in this song. The song was actually not originally written by B.O.B. It was actually written by Lupe Fiasco, and then the song was passed on to B.O.B., who then wrote his own lyrics for the song as well. Additionally, uh, Haley Williams didn't write the chorus for the song. That was another hip-hop group that Kinetics and One Love that actually wrote the chorus for it and Haley Williams sung it. Nice. Anyways, getting into the song. 
starts with the chorus Haley Williams singing can we pretend that airplanes and night sky are like shooting stars uh can we really use a wish right now basically saying that shooting stars are very rare or I guess I shouldn't say very rare but there's many more airplanes than there are shooting stars so if you could use airplanes in place of shooting stars to make a wish it would really help them or help whoever in that situation right so if they can make that wish to get to where they want to be and specifically going into bob's first verse he's looking at that he could use a dreamer a genie or wish to go to somewhere more simpler so this kind of goes back to our third episode on on trains where we were talking about being reminiscent going back to a place more simpler than this and B.O.B. is going back to that. He wants to just go somewhere before all the fame and all the partying and everything. Because after all the partying, you everything just fades to black. So it's all superficial. And then you get back to real life. And then you still have to deal with real life things. Yeah. And talk about a, a line that was, you know, this was a song that came out. When was this? It was 2010. 2010. Yep, it was his third single off his first album. Yeah, and this was well. We've we've certainly talked about some songs that are newer, um, but you know, this was probably a song that was released when social media was really starting to take off and be kind of a big thing. Mm-hmm. And just the number of social media references you would see this these lines from the chorus on about being or needing um, a wish or. Um, like you just you you know yeah. girls would would post it on you know their Facebook or MySpace back in the day, <laughs> all over the place. And uh, I guess MySpace was probably dead by 2010. But uh, I think that uh, was when the transition to MySpace was really ending. Yeah. To like that transition to Facebook. I just remember seeing people quoting that chorus everywhere. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> It's, uh, it's folks, such a inspirational quotes. chorus. Yeah. <laughs> inspirational quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, depending on how you look at it and how you view certain quotes from people, it could be inspirational. Just kind of thinking, hey, don't worry about all these superficial things. Try to focus on what reality is. Go back to your simple times and focus on you, basically. Yeah. No, I I say that jokingly, but it, but it actually really is a it, it's a good line. I mean, I don't know, you know, there's several people as we said that that contributed to writing the song. So whichever one of them came up with it, they definitely earned their payday. <laughs> yeah, I think for this, it was specifically Bob actually kind of rewrote everything for him. He might have used some of the lines that Lupe Fiasco had or had some other help, but it was mainly written by him. So. Uh, he, he's very, he's very good lyrically. Yeah. That's a great line. Yep. Um, continuing on through that first verse, he just talks about looking at how the story unfolds, basically talking about doesn't matter how the story unfolds, you can get another hand to fold. So basically if you fail at one thing, just keep trying and go to the next thing. And don't let your plans unravel and uh, beat you down, basically. And he's hoping for that airplane so he can make the wish on the airplane so that he can 
kind of make that big break and get famous and continue on with his dream. Right. And then going back into the chorus, can we pretend that airplane's night sky? Same thing as before, just continue to hope that he can make that wish on that airplane. And then the second verse goes more into doing things for the love of it. So before this, this job, before he got paid, before it mattered what was in his bank. So before all the money and the fame and everything, he used to work at Subway. So <laughs> he used to rap and work at Subway and just try to get by. And he was doing it for the love of rapping. But now that there's all the fame and the glory, there's all the politics of the music industry, things like that. He just wants to get his record label and keep making records for the love of it, basically. But nowadays we rap in to stay relevant. Um, so that's just saying people just make music just to stay relevant, not that they actually love it, things like that. I was going to say, I, I kind of took this too, and I'm sure he loves what he does, but I, I took some of these lines too where he, you know, yeah, it's talking about going back to a simpler place in time. But in some sense, I feel like it's a little bit of a dig at the music industry as a whole. Oh, it definitely is. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's got, he's got the parts in here about, you know, before the politics that we call the rap game, like he's, he's clearly saying like, I don't, I do not enjoy the side effects that come with being in this industry, but it's obvious that he loves what he does and he's, he's recognizing that he's got to put up with that if this is the career that he wants to, to continue to pursue. Yeah. And then the next two lines covers that also because uh, he talks about nobody listening to his mixtape. And then right after that, he talks about before he tried to cover up his slang. So he's from Atlanta. So Decatur, it's a, in, in Atlanta. So he's Southern and he had his Southern slang that he would use in his previous music, but he stopped using that just so that he could appeal to a wider audience. So he's kind of changing who he is for the rap game essentially and the politics in it. So he can appeal to a wider audience so that labels will take his record deal and fund fund him and he'll get paid basically. Right. And then from there, you get back, just getting back to the music that started everything. So here he stands, hoping that he can make a wish on an airplane on that. Yep. So a lot of similarities back to our second and third episode and just wanting to go back to a simpler time and wishing that he could follow the dream that he originally had of just doing it for the love of it. And if you get paid on the side, you know, that's a bonus to it. <laughs> yeah, and the song the song was pretty pretty it was well not pretty, it was very popular. Mm-hmm. Yep. It charted uh number two in the United States and it got number one in the UK. And then it charted in quite a few other countries as well. Yeah, I think it hit number one in well what I saw, it hit number one in New Zealand, UK. Israel and the Czech Republic. 
Yeah, six, six uh, or five countries that got number one, and then the UK was number one single and number one R&B chart. Yep. So, thinking about these two songs together, obviously they're they're connected by airplanes or or jetliners. Um, I think both songs really talk about and use a, a, a we'll talk about airplanes and use the airplane as a metaphor to go somewhere different in their life right but it's it's interesting because they're different because they're they want to go in opposite directions and also how they want to use the airplane as well so for jet airliner it actually wants to use the airplane physically to go somewhere whereas in airplanes he wants to use the airplane as a shooting star to make a wish upon it so that he can go to where he wants to be. Yep. Thinking about these songs um, from a somewhat interpretive point, Airplanes by B.O.B. is, is more explicitly anti-music industry, for lack of a better phrase. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think uh, Jet Airliner if we think about it from how the song was originally written now, granted, that's not what the lyrics say now, but if we take that storyline, then that's also an anti-music industry kind of intent in terms of how the song was written. Yeah. And I think we can totally take that because that was the original intent for the song. And the whole purpose of like discussing the song is talk about the origin origination of the song and then what it was ultimately used for. So the artist who actually uses the song can do whatever they want with the song right? to send that message. But Paul Pina obviously had his message that he wanted to send with the song and that's why he wrote it that way. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know, Greg, if you, if you thought about any differences, but I came across uh, apparently that B.O.B. is a flat earther. Oh man, this guy. <laughs> There, there's actually there's actually a uh, an argument between him and Neil deGrasse Tyson. So, yeah. is, with Neil deGrasse Tyson like tweeted or something like that, like, "Hey, I really like your music, but you should really should just stay out of science." Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's unfortunately there's a lot of artists and throughout music and film industry all of that that are. Uh, anti-vaxxers, um, flat earthers, conspiracy theorists, wh whatever they may be. Um, we're not condoning or condemning either. We're just uh, stating our opinions. <laughs> well, no, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to make a political statement. I was just, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, I, it's very funny with airplanes and being a flat yeah. earther because the way airplanes work yeah. doesn't mesh with being a flat earther. Yes, they uh, – <laughs> They are opposites of, of one another. <laughs> <laughs> um, another interesting fact for this is B.O.B. and Haley Williams never actually met each other until they performed this together for, I believe it was actually Airplanes Part 2, the one with Eminem at the uh, MTV Video Music Awards. Yep. And they also didn't, record the music video together they record the music video separately because Haley Williams was on tour with Paramore at the time and that's why they had not met before that just blows my mind I mean it's one thing right to not record a song in the same studio with 
other artists when you're doing collaborations. It happens all the time. But I mean, we we cut things with our audio all the time too. <laughs> yeah, Greg and I have only seen each other in person once in our entire lives. Well, one week, but yeah, one week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, this idea that they've never even met in person before, and yet they go record a song, they record a music video, and then they show up and be like, "Oh, hey, how are you? Let's go on stage together." <laughs> yeah, pretty remarkable. I I just think the entertainment industry is just fascinating with that i would love to like go on stage like that or something i do i don't have any ability to write music um i could maybe sing it and be very terrible at it <laughs> yeah but it it would definitely be a experience and experience sorry proper grammar you know yeah <laughs> i feel like i could i don't know i've never tried i feel like i could probably write lyrics but i mean i did band and all that in high school but i don't think i could like compose music or write you know music very difficult <laughs> yeah i've been poking around we have a piano in our living room I've been, I've been poking around with that a little bit during quarantine trying to see what i could do but i, I don't think i could ever write a song <laughs> yeah i i uh i write songs all the time while i'm taking a shower i'll just like write them <laughs> in my head and just sing them and uh my wife basically is like okay you can go sleep on the couch tonight you're done <laughs> it's, it's, it's never good my cats enjoy it though. They just come over to me. They like sit in front and they're just like, keep singing, man. <laughs> yep. This really has nothing to do with comparing the two songs, but I know I told you offline. I, I got a chance to see B.O.B. in concert uh, about 10 years ago. He was the where I went to college for undergrad. They put on a free concert for, for students on their first night back on, on our campus and he was the the guest artist and this was like i guess this song came out in 2010 so that would have been shortly after his debut album so yeah i think this was like the only song that people actually knew was like the only song i knew at least when he was there he, you know he was still kind of starting his career but it's still pretty cool nonetheless yeah because he he was well known prior to that um because it was a ludicrous song i believe uh, no, it was a TI song with B.O.B. and Ludacris that had come out and that was, God, I don't, I don't even know when this song came out. Was it, uh, On Top of the World? Yeah, On that Top song? of the World. Yeah, that came out in 2008. Yeah. yeah. So that would have been a little before this. Yeah, two years before that. So he was a little bit, I I wouldn't say famous, but he was a little bit well-known enough to be on a TI album. Right. Yep. And his, his mixtape was, uh, the, the big one that he had was Cloud Nine, which I think was a pretty good mixtape, actually. Cool. All right. Well, we hope, uh, we hope folks uh, enjoyed this week's episode about airplanes and uh, this is being released on National Aviation Day, so it's perfectly fitting <laughs> that we're talking about airplanes as our theme. But, but Greg, what are you uh, next week? Uh, it's going to be Women's Equality Day, so we wanted to to talk a little bit about or do a theme uh, centered around women and and songs by powerful women and successful women and to honor uh, all the important women in our lives and in our country and the world that have 
that have really kind of helped advance and progress society forward. So, uh, what do you what do you got lined up, Greg? Yeah, I wasn't even gonna try and pick a song to like describe women empowerment. So I had my wife pick the song for me. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. The song she picked for me is Run the World by Beyonce. And I think Beyonce is a great pick for that. Yes. So we'll be, we'll be diving into that one. Matt, what do you have for us next week? Yeah, I'm going to take on the Aretha Franklin's Respect, which I've always loved that song. And I think that that is reflective of empowering women in society and I'm, I'm excited that we're going to be able to talk about these two songs and, and really kind of dive into them. It's going to be good. That's, that's good. I, I think it was in high school. I had uh, me and my buddy made burned a CD with respect on it and it was respect like 20 times. Just, just played 20 on times repeat. straight <laughs> on repeat <laughs> and we gave it to our buddy as as a uh, CD, he was like, "Hey, can you put me a CD with some songs on it?" So we gave him that. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is the end of this show. So thank you for tuning in and listening. If you can just check out our podcast on Google, Apple, whatever podcast streaming service you use, or check us out on YouTube. Press the subscribe button. Let your friends know. Your family know. Leave us a comment or email us at recordmashup at gmail.com. Let us know what you think. If you have any questions or recommendations for us, just let us know and we'll, we'll answer those or we'll take your recommendations on. If you have a certain song or a theme that you want to use, let us know. Absolutely. All right. See you all next time. All right. Take care. <laughs>